Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit You're listening to the TCB Radio Network. Hello, friends. This is Elvis Presley. This is Cynthia Pepper from Kissing Cousins. This is Elvis' Speedway co-star, Victoria Page Myrie. This is Zoe Gotto, author of Elvis Style, from Supersuits to Jumpsuits. Hi, everybody. I am Marion Park, the official sex symbol on TCB Radio Network. This is Mindy Miller. This is Ray Walker from the Jordanaires. Folks, I'm Ronnie McDowell. This is Don Wilson. And if you're looking for Elvis, you're in the right place. TCB Radio Network. Where everything is about Elvis. It is all about Elvis. All Elvis, all the time. If you want to listen to something really stylish, listen to TCBRadioNetwork.com. With my friends, Peter Alden and Kristen Joy. Don't leave if you do. You'll be sorry for a short time the rest of your natural life. As Elvis would say, son of a bitch. People who know Elvis know the TCB Radio Network, where it's all Elvis all the time. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here, sir. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of TCB Radio. I'm Peter Alden, your co-host. First, I would like to start off by wishing everybody a very Merry Christmas a happy Hanukkah, and a wonderful holiday season. We have been busy here at TCB Radio gathering some stories from guests we've had during the past year. So we've got a lot of fun stories from favorites like Mindy Miller, Marion Cock, Ronnie McDowell, Elvis's stepbrother, Billy Stanley, as well as some others that uh, had the chance to work or know Elvis Presley. We hope you will enjoy these stories. We've been working hard to uh, gather them. We'd uh, once again like to say Merry Christmas and enjoy the show. have Michael Ochoa, curator for the Elvis Honeymoon Hideaway in Palm Springs. Thanks for being here with us, Michael. Thank you, Krista, and I understand Peter Alden's there. I am indeed. Nice to have you here with us, Michael. Uh, Why does my voice go up like that? (laughs) (laughs) So tell us, Michael, thank you so much, first of all, for your time. And um, I did an all-call out for Elvis Christmas memories. And, of course, you're you're one of the ones that I thought of first. So thanks for taking time with us today. Do you have a great Elvis Christmas story you can share? Well, I love to talk about Elvis all day long, of course. I understood that he bought Graceland in 1957, and he had one Christmas there with uh, his parents. And he loved to give away gifts, of course. And he could just indulge himself, so to speak, uh, with gift-giving during the holiday season. He and his uh, guys would like to drive around Memphis looking at the Christmas lights. And if you were extremely lucky, they would knock on your door, and uh, you might see Elvis as a Christmas caroler. You didn't know he was coming. Oh wow! So they would actually go and they, they, would, like, they would carol at the. At they'd some... be right. They'd be getting in the mood, looking at the Christmas lights, and then Elvis would just get a 
bug and say, let's stop over here. You might open the door and be Elvis and the guys singing uh, some Christmas songs for you. That's awesome. <laughs> That's great. That would be a Merry Christmas for sure. And I understand on Christmas Eve, he'd like to go down to the local jail and talk to the inmates and see what their families wanted because it wasn't the family's fault that they were in there. He'd break uh, one of the guys to write it all down. Well, that's interesting. I did not know that he did that. It doesn't surprise me, but I, I did not know it. Oh, he was very generous. And, you know, he loved to give away things anyway, but especially at Christmas. And after Christmas dinner at Grayson, they'd all sit around the piano and they always loved to play the piano, of course, and sing Christmas songs. Not necessarily his, but whatever carols came to mind. He had many Christmas trees, I understand. About six of them all over Graceland. He loved Christmas. Was he ever out in California during the Christmas season or not? Well, he tried to take uh, the holidays off. Towards the uh, later part of his life, of course, he worked a couple of New Year's Eves. But ordinarily, he would leave his Christmas decorations at Graceland up until after his birthday, yeah. which we all know is January 8th. Right. He loved that Christmas feeling. <laughs> they had to decorate, you know, they, uh, and then when he recorded his two Christmas uh, albums, they had to decorate the studio Christmassy because they had to record it like in June or July, and he had to get in the mood. Uh, Elvis wouldn't have wanted to record any Christmas songs uh, near Palm Springs because in July or August, it's like 120 degrees. So yeah, yeah. That's how it works around here. I know a lot of a lot of people get get into the you know around July. There's there's always a lot of Christmas in July because I guess we're halfway through the year. You're halfway through the year, and so they do Christmas in July. Did he ever do any of that? Do you know of or or not really? Not really. Uh, of course, he was a movie star. A lot of singers have a song in a movie, but Elvis was a movie star. So uh, again, he liked he liked to drive. So he drove around the neighborhoods, various neighborhoods where he lived in L.A. And he would look at the lights there, but mostly he tried to spend the holidays at Graceland. Okay. So what are you all doing at the honeymoon hideaway to uh, to welcome the Christmas season? Uh, well, he's not doing a birthday show this year. Uh, he's a uh, Christmas show, actually. He's not doing a Christmas show. So we usually decorate the home for the holidays, of course. But uh, And we do our normal tours. We are closed Christmas Day. Well, I would hope so. That's your only day off, yeah, right? <laughs> That's pretty close. <laughs> I've, I've always, I mean, his first Christmas album was great, but I just, I loved the songs on his second one. The, the, some of them were just so pretty, and uh, you just never hear enough of them. But I absolutely loved his, his second Christmas album. Well, he, it's sort of like the gospel songs. He put a well, he put a tremendous feeling into everything he did. But gospel and the Christmas songs really highlight his voice. I think. Yeah, I, I agree with you, one hundred percent. I can't believe. I think it's been three years since we were out there um, at Christmas at the Honeymoon Hideaway, where Peter did a show at the house. I think that was two thousand sixteen. That's true. He did quite well too. Man, time flies. Time goes so fast. <laughs> I'm getting older every day. <laughs> yeah, that was wonderful. It's a, it sure is a special memory for us. That's an El, our Elvis memory, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We had a wonderful time. Wonderful, wonderful time. Well, it had uh, very beautiful weather.
weather when you were out here too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> they had the the uh, ukulele group out by the pool, if I remember. That's true. Yeah, that's true. They were great. They were great. I loved them. You got to meet uh, Mindy, Mindy Miller. Yeah, that's the first time we yeah, met her yeah. in person that year. Right. And she kind of took you around to the various Elvis sites. Elvis in Palm Springs is, uh, you can go and see other places Elvis went, of course, throughout the city. But, uh, of course, the Elvis Honeymoon Hideaway would be your number one destination if you yeah, were absolutely. in Palm Springs. Absolutely. You're an Elvis fan. <laughs> Yeah, we 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 love it there. Well, thank you so much, Michael. We appreciate your time and, and thank you. Elvis stories and memories. This is going to be an amazing show. We get everybody together. We appreciate your time. It's always great to talk to you and Peter, and we wish you a Merry Christmas, my wife Laura and I, and all good tidings throughout the new year. Yes, you and Laura have a wonderful Christmas as well, and stay safe and warm. You too. And uh, we'll have you out here with your... That tremendous voice. Awesome. One more time, I think. Absolutely. That'd be great. 20, anytime, 20, anytime you're ready. All right? <laughs> I'll be home for Christmas. You can play on. Our next celebrity that we have on the line for you for an Elvis Christmas memory is none other than Elvis's close friend and nurse, Marion Cock, is on the line. Hi, Marion. Thanks for joining us today. Hi. How are you? We are good. We're uh, we're we're warmer than you are, uh, I think. <laughs> well, you know, the temperature's not too bad here. It's supposed to rain today, so it's up in the fifties. Okay. Or it will it will be. <laughs> <laughs> it will be. But how have you guys been? We've been we've been good. We've been uh, we've been uh, trying to keep our heads above water, as they say, and uh, uh-huh. so we're just uh, we're plugging along. But we have a, uh, as Krista said, this is a, a special show where we're highlighting some Christmas memories of Elvis from from people who knew him and got to actually spend some Christmas time with him. So we would like to hear from you if. Uh, one of your favorite Christmas stories of the time that you got to spend some of the Christmas season with Elvis. Well, we were on, we were, we got on the plane one night to go for Christmas presents. The, the night, Christmas night, actually, it was Christmas night. We were on the plane, and um, actually, I was very tired. I had work that day, so you know there are long, some long. Uh, bench-like effects on the plane so i got on one end of one of those and lisa marie got on the other end of one and we both went to sleep and so they came somebody came and waked me up and said that elvis wanted to see me in the back and so i got up and went to the back to his bedroom and he was standing at the foot of his bed and i said I remember saying, honey, are you okay? And he said, yeah, I want you to come over here for just a second to me. So I went over where he was, and he said, uh, close your eyes and open your hand. Well, I didn't know how to open my hand, you know. I mean, I had no idea what he was going to put in it. Right. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> knowing him, it could have been almost anything. So he put something in my hand, and then he said, you can open your eyes now. 
So when I opened my eyes, he had put a 21-carat aquamarine circle with two carats of diamonds on my finger. Oh, my word. And I opened my eyes and looked at it, and I fell across the bed from shock. <laughs> I can imagine. And Linda was in there, and she said, oh, my, she's sleepy. And Elvis says, no, she's not. <laughs> and so he helped me up. So he, he wouldn't let me go out in the plane. He said, no, no, I'm not going to let you go back out to your seat because everybody's going to want to see what you got. And he said, when they see what you got, they're going to, they're not going to like what they get as much. <laughs> but he said, you're going to have to, you're going to have to stay back here for a few minutes until everybody gets their gifts. So I went in the little area where the, actually where the restroom was and it was, it was all open there and, and the, the lights were on the, all the lights were on around the big mirror. And he said, you can just stand there and, and admire your ring. But every time somebody comes in, don't you let them see it. So I said, okay. So. I stood there like he asked me to and and uh, would look at my ring when nobody was in there. But everybody came in, and when they did, I'd put my hand in my pocket. <laughs> so he gave all the gifts out, and, and when he had given everything out, he said, okay, now you can go out in the room with the rest of them. And I said, okay. So I went on out, and everybody was looking at their presents, and they were oohing and on and and just so excited about everything they got for Christmas and and uh, this, that, and the other. And so finally someone looked at me and said, Miss Cock, you haven't shown us what you got. What did Elvis give you for Christmas? So I took my hand out of my pocket and showed it to him, and you could hear a pin drop. I, uh, yeah, <laughs> I and, can imagine. Uh, so, <laughs> so anyway, uh, went on. we got on back into Memphis and, and uh, I went on out to the house and and got ready to go to work. I had to go to work that day, and I'd been up all night. So I had to go to work, so I went on back and got ready to go to work and went on to work. And Dr. Nick had, had come in and made rounds that day and apparently had run into two or three of the doctors and, and were talking about Christmas, and he told them what Elvis had given me. And I had doctors coming from all over the hospital wanting to see my ring. <laughs> so that was that was my fun Christmas day. The, you know, I think about that every year. And of course, I've I've given my ring to Beverly, my one of my acquired children. She and Joe Mahalik, they're the ones that gave me my three grandchildren. And so uh, I gave her my ring a long time, oh, some time ago. People ask me, why did you give all this stuff up away? And I said, because the people that I care about, I want to see them enjoy what I have given them. And, you know, I want to know they're enjoying it. So anyway, uh, Beverly wears my ring. And actually, Sandy Ryan in California uh, now has my TLC chain because she's my other one of my other acquired children. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so. that's fantastic. And like you said, Elvis was the same way. He liked to see people enjoying his gifts. So I think yeah, I think he, he would love the fact that uh, you're sharing that with everyone. Well, you know, I'm getting old for some reason or other. I mean, I seem to be getting <laughs> old. Uh, and uh, I keep having these darn birthdays, and uh, and for which I'm very grateful. And, you know, actually, if I live, until next, my next birthday, I will have lived longer than any member in my family has ever lived. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. I'll be 94 next year. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
That's a big accomplishment. Congratulations. <laughs> well, you know, it's my, my oldest sister, she she died at 93. So if I if I can beat her, uh, she died in June of 93, I mean of uh, two years ago. So if I if I live uh, through July of next year, I will have reached 94. Wow, that's a tremendous that's a tremendous accomplishment. Well, you know, people George Klein used to say, "How in the world do you stay looking so well and so young?" And I said, "George, I drank lots of water and I praise the Lord every day." There you go. <laughs> there you go. He's not he's not done with you yet, Marion. He's got the things for you to still finish down here, so uh I think so. I think so. He's been very good to me. God has been very good to me. So what what do you do you have any plans for Christmas this year? What are you planning on doing? Well, you know, I normally go to California every year. But because of my health and the fact that I tire so easily, I'm going to be home. And I've encouraged Beverly and Joe to go to Knoxville for Christmas to see their grandbabies, open their Christmas presents, because, you know, they're they're at the age where they're having lots of fun now. And so I wanted Beverly and Joe to be able to experience that. So I have really... I talked it up big to them, and I told Joe Sunday on the way to church, I said, this may seem crazy to you, but I said, I want to be in my house with my little dogs on Christmas Day. And I said, I don't want to go anyplace. I just want to be in my house with my puppies. Joe said, well, you know, I can understand that. So actually, I was out at Marlowe's the other night with Lori Holland and I. Missy, who owns Marlowe's, came over and sat with us the whole time we were there. And she said, what are you going to do for Christmas? And I told her. And she said, well, let me tell you something. She said, we always have our Christmas dinner on Christmas Eve. So as you're going to be home by yourself on Christmas Day, I'm going to bring up I'm going to bring over a full-blown Italian Christmas dinner to your house, and we're going to eat Christmas dinner together. Chris and and I will be there, too. (laughs) She she called about all of these things that she was going to be bringing. And so she's going to, that's how I'm going to spend Christmas Day with Missy Coleman here with me, and we're going to have Christmas dinner together, and it's going to be Italian style. Oh, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Isn't that funny? Mm-hmm. And speaking of your puppies, how are the girls doing? Oh, they're fine. They're fine. They're both taking a nap right now, which is unusual, but they are. And uh, Maggie's been sitting on the back of the chair barking at everybody that goes by, so she got tired of barking, so she stretched out for a little while. <laughs> but they are, I'll tell you, I love my dogs. Oh, well, that's really great. They, they, are, they are wonderful for you. They're nice companions to have. Oh, they certainly are. I'll tell you, they're they're what keeps me going. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Well, Marion, thank you so much for just a little bit of your time today. Sure. Um, and we will definitely send you a copy so you can hear your story. All right. Well, we'll let you get back to rest. And thank you so much for your time. And uh, we'll uh, we'll be in touch, and we'll send you a link as soon as it goes up. Okay. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Thanks, thank Marian. you, Marion. Take care. I don't need a lot of presents to make my Christmas bright. 
I just need my baby's arms around around me tight, old Santa. Hear my plea, Santa, bring my baby back to me. Santa, bring my baby back to me. The Christmas tree is ready, the candles all aglow. But with my baby far away, the good is a mistletoe. Okay, and all in line now for you, we have the fantastic and beautiful. Kimberly, she's back for another talk. <laughs> We're so glad to have you today, Kim. Thanks for sharing your time with us. Sure, it's good to hear from y'all again. And of course, Kimberly Davis Ward is uh, was married to Richard Davis, who was a prominent member of Elvis's Memphis Mafia. So she has a, a great story from Richard that she wants to share about Elvis. And we and we learned the last time he was unfortunately the scapegoat for all the yeah. all the guys. He was the one getting in that trouble. Is a, that is a sad but true fact. <laughs> Bless his heart. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, a Christmas story that I remember um, is it was Christmas 1975, and I think Elvis was in one of his moods where he didn't want to leave his room so he was basically calling the guys up one at a time which would be an amazing experience just one-on-one -on -one. of course richard was always nervous about what what do you give elvis presley for christmas i mean you know what, i mean i can't even imagine it would have to be something you know personal and uh his aunt louise which was a wonderful wonderful artist he decided that he wanted her to paint a picture of Elvis and Lisa. And there's a picture that probably most Elvis fans have seen of Elvis, Lisa, and Priscilla. They're Elvis and Priscilla are kind of cheek to cheek. And then Pris Lisa's in the center. I think she has like a white muff. Oh, you know, like yeah. A, that's a, a winter outfit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So basically he told his, and, and I'm, I'm really good friends with Priscilla, so I don't want to upset her but um he basically told his aunt louise just you know basically don't paint priscilla use this picture um because of course by that time they were divorced use this this picture and paint just lisa and elvis so he was called up to the room and richard gave elvis was in the bed he just you know stayed in the bed the whole time and richard gave him the portrait and he cried Oh, wow. um, he was so, you know, touched by, because he loved that little girl. And then, of course, Richard received not a normal Christmas gift like I would have given him. He said, well, I want you to have a Cadillac. Oh. So, <laughs> another car. Um, now, he did make Richard always give, if, if Richard had a car, he would always make him give that car to someone else. It's not like Richard had a, you know, a garage full of cars. So, he gave him a 1975 white Cadillac convertible. I think it was an El Dorado. I sent you guys a picture of the drive-out tag. That's one of the few things that, that I have in his lockbox. That's something that was that special to him that he kept the temporary tag. Wow. So he got that and then a trip to Hawaii and then some spending money while he was while he was in Hawaii. So that was a pretty, pretty cool Christmas uh, for both of them. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> <laughs> How do you and your family hope to spend Christmas this year? Oh, um, we always spend it with my parents. We have a big family Christmas at my parents' house. They only live about 15 minutes away. Two of the triplets are chronically ill. In fact, as I'm speaking to you now, we're at 
Labonner Children's Hospital in, in Memphis. Um, they're having their infusions. Um, so, um, you know, any prayers that could, could come our way, we would appreciate that. Um, it's going to make me cry. The only thing I want for Christmas is for them to be healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, and I think that's all they want too. So, you know, the, the spirit of Christmas, the, uh, the meaning of Christmas, you know, everybody gets stressed out and they're rushing around and, you know, buying presents for everyone. If you don't have your health, you don't have anything. So most importantly to me is to, they're, they're graduating from high school in May and I just want them to have the best life possible. So that, that would be my Christmas wish. Well, absolutely. I'm, you know, the, the, the children are, are important to me as we talked about before. So yes. you were, you were always in our prayers. And, Thank uh, you. I appreciate that. Absolutely. We have a brand new GoFundMe set up for Kimberly and her family. So we'll be sure to share a link to that on the website as well. Thank you so much, Kim, for your time today and being with us. Oh, thank y'all. Hope to see you soon. Yeah, we, we look forward to seeing you as well. So, um, yeah, and, and as soon as Kimberly sends us that link, we will post it for everybody on the uh, on the TCB network page. That will be available as well. Thank you so much. Thanks, Kim. Yeah, we'll post the link right away. It won't. Um, that'll go up way before this show goes out. Yeah, yeah. That once we get that link, that we'll put that up as soon as you send that to us. Yeah. Great, great, great. Thank um, you. So we wish you and your husband and your family a wonderful, wonderful Christmas. Yeah, have a happy Thanksgiving too. Okay, thank okay. you. Thanks, Y'all have yeah. a Merry Christmas and happy Thanksgiving. All right, well, on the line for you right now, we've got Larry and Shira Geller. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you for sharing your Elvis Christmas memories. Oh, that's... uh, Thank you for inviting us. Thanks for for, uh, inviting us here. And love to share stories about Elvis, of course. You guys are becoming regulars on the show now. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Your voices are so familiar now, <laughs> and you're, you're we're friends, and Absolutely. it's a wonderful thing. Uh, you know, Elvis loved going back to Graceland every time we finished a movie, and especially around December because of Christmas. Naturally, the lights went up in the nativity scene. And I remember every year, about a week before Christmas, Elvis's cousins would come out of the woodwork. (laughs) And they would descend on Graceland. And Elvis would give gifts to everyone. And I remember several times he would look at me and say, I don't even know some of these people. (laughs) And the relatives, I didn't know there were so many press wings. You know? At any rate, something very interesting happened. Now, we're going back 55 years. This is December of 1964, and it was about ten a week, 10 days after Thanksgiving, and I was sitting with Elvis in the living room, and we're talking. And I remember Vernon Presley came in, I said, Elvis, I got to talk to you. 
This is very, very important. This lady and her son came over here from Sweden, and I promised her that she and her son can meet you. And let me explain why, because this is really something, Elvis. And he proceeded to talk about this boy, who he was about 16 years old, and the grandfather died and left him several jewelry stores in Sweden and Germany and two hotels. He left this kid a fortune. And he said, Elvis, you, you gotta meet you gotta meet him and his mother. They're gonna be here any minute. And I said, Okay, okay. So a few minutes later they came in the front door and they were we all went into the living room and sat down and the boy was very, very shy. And he said, Elvis, I brought you a, a, a gift and this is for Christmas and you gave Elvis, a beautiful diamond horseshoe ring. And he said, Elvis, I also want to give you the fortune that my grandfather left me. And Elvis, look. He said, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, the ring is one thing. But you, your grandfather gave this to you. And the mother said, Elvis, you don't understand. He loves you. My boy loves you. And one year ago, his older brother, my other son, committed suicide. And I'm afraid that if you don't accept this from him, he might do something to it. And Elvis looked at his father. He looked at me. He said, well, just a minute, just a minute. And I could see Elvis was trying to think fast. He didn't know what to do. And this was a very precarious sensitive situation he took the boy he said you come with me he took him into to the dining room and for about 20-30 minutes he spoke with this boy and then they came out and Elvis said alright everything's going to be okay because he promised me that he's going to keep in school and he's going to keep this in the hotels and the jewelry store, and the, the mother was going to take care of everything. He said, but I will accept the ring only if you stay in touch with me, and I want letters from you, and I want to see how you're doing in school. And Elvis give, gave the guy, you know, a real brotherly, fatherly talk, and everything was cooled out, and they left, and Elvis, he loved the ring. It was a gorgeous ring. Uh, I remember the next year, Elvis received a letter from the boy, and I have no idea what ever happened. But that was astounding. Here, Elvis was given. The boy wanted to give a fortune that was worth millions of dollars, but Elvis would not take it, of course. Wow. He accepted the ring only to help this kid. Beautiful story. And it happened. I was there. I saw it with my own eyes. Wow, that's just uh, that's amazing. I I love to hear I love to hear stories about Elvis like that because you yeah, don't you, you know you don't hear them. Well, th this happened back then, but I remember Peter 
year, Elvis, who just loved giving things to people, he made sure, because every day, literally every day, gifts came into uh, Graceland. Letters and gifts. Mostly teddy bears. Yeah. <laughs> and they were all put up in uh, the attic of, of Graceland. And by the end of the year, I knew there were hundreds. And, and they're all boxed up. Elvis made sure that they went to hospitals, the St. Jude's. And he made sure that every gift that was given to him would go to help children. Wow. I think my understanding is that that's what they do now. Uh, because people go to Graceland and they go into the, the garden uh, and at Elvis's grave, they put teddy bears and flowers Absolutely. and tons of things. And the estate does the same thing. They, they, they pick, do. Yeah, they pick them up because it gets covered with, with all these things. You can't even see it. So they come through and they pick them up and they make sure that they go exactly where Elvis would have wanted them to go. And this has uh, become a tradition in Elvis's name. And you know, interesting thing, there's so many stories about Elvis giving things away to people, which he did. But he gave more than was ever that was ever publicized. And I remember him giving checks to the Jewish Chabad and various churches and play. And he said, "Don't don't tell anyone. Don't 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 let people know it came from me." He never wanted that kind of. You know, that humbleness was always there, but he loved to give. And I remember him saying, I know what it means when the Bible says, it's more blessed to give than receive. The joy that I get when I see the joy in people's faces when I give a gift, he says, you can't buy that. That goes beyond money. That's just pure giving, and I, I love it. Yeah, that's the one thing I've always loved because you hear the stories that the only caveat to a to a charity he said was if anybody finds out where this came from, I you know the, then it's going to stop. Right. As as opposed to all these people now that just go out, hey, uh, he take my picture giving uh, giving. You this. got it exactly. exactly. The antithesis. Yeah, and you know. That, that's just uh, another window into the personality uh, and heart of Elvis. He was truly a very humble person. And, you know, he was so... I remember him saying, I wake up every day and my life's a, it's a fairy tale. He said, I can't even believe I'm Elvis Presley. <laughs> and I don't take it for granted. And he, you know, he said, my mom used to tell me, don't forget where he came from, Elvis. Don't forget what we all had to go through. And Elvis would say, I never forgot. I'm very appreciative. I love my life, you know. And yeah, But that was Elvis, man. He was such a good guy. Yeah. Such a good guy. And I would see people, a lot of people knew he was that way. He was, he was an easy touch. And, you know, a lot of people would take advantage, but that was him. <laughs> he loved to do it, and he was, and he had the money, he had the wherewithal, and it made him happy. And so, Christmas time at Graceland was a beautiful thing. And when relatives and people came over to the house, he loved giving. 
loved giving. It made him feel good. Yeah. Now I have a I have a question uh, because sure. because somebody asked me this and I wasn't sure. So did Elvis do any kind of observation for for Hanukkah as well, or or for for yeah. that for the for the no, Jewish faith? He didn't. He didn't do that. But I remember him giving money every year to Chabad. You know, that's the biggest Jewish organization in the world. And um, he would give them money every, I mean, a lot of money every year in checks. He knew it was Hanukkah. He knew about the various holidays. Because look, a lot of people that worked for Elvis was Jewish. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Alan Fortas and Marty Lacker and George Klein. And Larry Geller. Yeah. And, and, you know, and all of the producers and directors were Jewish. Yeah. And so Elvis always had, and always, Elvis always wear, wore a Jewish uh, symbol of life, the high around his neck, always wore that. And I was working for El- with Elvis for two weeks. We were making Roustabout, and this is, of course, 1964, in the spring and the movie wrapped we drove cross country got to Graceland and I stayed downstairs in in a a bedroom next to the pool room and the very next day I was knocked at my door I said come on come on get dressed Larry we're going somewhere so we get in the uh, car Alan Fortis drove and we drove to Forest Hills Cemetery, which is right down the road from which was then Highway 64, which is now Elvis Presley Boulevard. And that's where his mother was buried. And we drove up to her gravesite, and Elvis and I got up, out, and we walked up to it. And he stood there for about four or five minutes, quiet, with his eyes closed, and he looked at me, and it was a big statue of Jesus, and on right next to her grave was a uh, a cross in a stone on the gravestone. And he said, "I want a star of David here. This is what my mother would want." And about two weeks later, Elvis had it all arranged. A beautiful star of David was put there, and it was there for all those years. Until Elvis passed away, and when Gladys was brought to uh, Graceland, her body and placed next to Elvis's, and eventually Vernon and everyone else, uh, that great that that Jewish star was not there. However, last year the estate brought it out the whole and the whole gravestone. And it's on uh, display at Graceland now. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So, so on, on one side is a star of David, and the other side is a cross, so they're both there. And Elvis would wear a cross, and the, and, 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 the the, and the high. And someone said, why do you do that, Elvis? And he would say, hey, I want to miss out heaven on the technicality. <laughs> <laughs> so at any rate... taking his best. Uh, That's right, hedging his bets, he was. (laughs) I always love talking to you guys. And, you know, we're talking about Elvis and Christmas. It was so special and wonderful. And, 
even right now, the, the, the lights are up at Graceland. Yeah. The nativity scene is there. And we always had a big meal. And everyone would come over. And it was that. Look, just being with Elvis was that special. Okay. And especially in December with Christmas, it was beautiful. And uh, I want to thank you again for inviting us to share our memory, my memory with you and well I don't have I don't have any Christmas memories I wasn't unfortunately I didn't get to, to, to meet Elvis I know him through Larry and um, we would a couple of times we would at um, at Graceland uh, in January but not not for Christmas so I'll just do a, a word from our sponsor which is, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so seriously if everybody if everybody wants to look their best and have their best holiday hair, go to wisdomorganics.com and we'll be happy to uh, send you uh, this incredible product which will make you look your very best. Okay? And, uh, yeah, and also, uh, yeah, this, uh, on the website there's also, if you want to find out about also helping your health and the health of your hair from inside, uh, download the free ebook. Uh, it's our gift to you. Yes, I have the I have the ebook. I got that with my order, and I have it, and I use my products every day. And what a fantastic gift for the Elvis fan that has everything! Exactly, that's right. What can you imagine? Right. The delight yeah, okay, to know that they're I, using you know, the same products that he would be using. Yeah. Yeah, for years, I had my hair super short. If you ever seen any pictures of me, you'd know. And I started letting my hair grow a while ago, and. I never, every time I try, I would give up, but because, seriously, because of our products, I never knew my hair was so curly and that I liked it. <laughs> I kept chopping it, had to chop it off. So um, it's changed my life. Wow. <laughs> so I want to say Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah to everyone and to you guys. And, and to you as uh, well. I want everyone to have happy, healthy joyful holidays and a wonderful, wonderful new year. 2020 should be a great year for this planet, for our country, and for everyone, and God bless everyone. I like the symmetry of 2020. That's yeah. Kind of yeah. Nice. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you guys, we love you, and we always love talking to you, so be well, and we will look forward to talking to you soon. Uh, we love you guys too, and thank you so much for all the time you give us. Yep. Thanks. It was our pleasure. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, running down Santa Claus Lane. Licks and blitz and all ears are reindeer, pulling on the rain. Bells are ringing, children singing, all the merry and bright. Hang your stockings and say your prayers, cause Santa Claus comes tonight. All right, well, next on the line for you, we have the fantastic model, stunt woman, former girlfriend of Elvis to share some Elvis Christmas memories with you here at TCB Radio Network. Mindy Miller, welcome to the show. Good night, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for calling, Mindy. We appreciate it. I always look forward to doing your shows because you are so much fun. You guys, we laugh so hard. (laughs) Yeah, we do. We do. Mm-hmm. And you laugh at my silly jokes, and I just really appreciate that. <laughs> so I, I think we're talking about um, Elvis at Christmas. Correct. 
Mm. Yeah, um, as opposed to Elvis at Hanukkah or something, but um, right. <laughs> or Rosh Hashanah you know, the, or something like the that. The thing is, is that I think everybody knows this one, and and I'll I'll just start it off by saying. For Elvis, it was his favorite time of the year. And because he was gift-giving all year long anyway, this was the time for him that he really, really gave to everybody. He went out and he gave to local charities. He went out and he visited, um, you know, he visited uh, government workers that had to work on Christmas and New Year's. He went to say hi to them. He gave them presents. He gave out gift cards. I know he gave out cash to the guys. Every year he would think of something different to do for everybody. And, you know, that included... The, the maids, the gardeners, um, the office workers. And, I mean, it included everybody. I don't think there's ever a person that Elvis missed at Christmas. And, of course, that included his entire family, which he had a lot of family to take care of, a lot of cousins especially. And people have always asked me, they said, well, you know, did you ever spend Christmas with Elvis? And unfortunately, I did not. And when I met him in 75... I did not spend Christmas with him that year. And the following year, I had not seen him at Christmas. He had started dating someone else. So that was the one and only Christmas that I would have been able to spend with him. And unfortunately, I didn't. But he did call me and he did wish me Merry Christmas. And he said, honey, I'll see you soon. I'll see you after the first of the year, which he did. We saw each other in January of the next year of 76. And he always kept his promises. But I said to him, I said, well... I said, I know I won't be with you for Christmas. And I said, and I'm sad about that. And he said, well, honey, he says, I have other obligations, which he did at that time. And he had to take care of that. But he was a man of his word. He was very, very loyal. And so I did understand it. And I understood that I wasn't the only person that he saw. So, you know, be that as it may, I unfortunately didn't get a quote unquote Christmas gift from him. But um, I would like to share some of the things that I know about him at Christmas, you know, I had asked Elvis about his nativity scene because I had seen pictures of it, you know, before I'd met him. And I said, it looks really huge. And he said, well, he said, it really is. And I said, could you have gotten any larger figures? And he laughed and he said, no, not really. He said, but you know, he said, honey, he said, you have to bear in mind. He said that even though I, I love to give and I'm a big gift giver, he, and he said, you know, he said, the thing of it is, he said, Christmas is about celebrating the birth of Christ. That's why it's called Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. And he said, people forget that. And he said, he said, I know you're not here. He says, but did you know, he says that I have eight garland trees. He says, and I've lit them up. And I said, Elvis, why eight? And he said, well, because that's the day I was born on, which is the eighth. And it's one of the highest spiritual numbers. Okay. So he lit eight garland trees up every year. Wow. And I don't know if he still has, if he, I'm talking like he's still with us, and he is, but I don't know if they have still lit the eight garland trees every year, because I haven't been there at Christmas, so I don't go, it's like too tough for me, but it'll be, I would be interested to know if they light those garland trees, eight of them, because that represented to him the, the day he was born. I I don't know that they, I know they have the nativity, I know the nativity is still there, and I know they still do the blue lights on the on the driveway right and the blue lights are reminiscent of the judaism you know yes yeah yeah we'll have to Um, find out about part of part of his faith but i thought that 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 was fascinating the thing people always ask me is about his christmas music because his albums were so incredible 
And he, I think there was one that was like a 1970 re-release of uh, some songs that he did. And I know that I have my favorite Christmas songs. One of them, uh, a couple of them are kind of out there. They weren't really, really popular. And one of them that I really, really liked was Here Comes Santa Claus. And I know it's not one of those, you know, deeply religious Christmas spiritual songs, but there's a line in there that I've always loved, and it says, you know, Santa knows that we're all God's children, and that's what makes it all right, and then he goes on. And when I took that sentence apart, and I really looked at it, I said, Santa knows that we're all God's children, and that makes it all, all right. And out of the entire song, that has become my favorite sentence out of all of it. And I think because of it, it, it became one of my favorite songs. And it's just really lighthearted and really, really sweet. And then another one that's rare that he's saying um, that I, I don't think a lot of people think about is if I get home on Christmas Day. And that one I always likened to when he was in the service. And, you know, his first Christmas there was spent without his mother. And so I always think of his mom in that time when he sings that song, if I get home on Christmas Day. And that always kind of tugs at my heart to think that when he came home, finally, she wasn't there because that was his favorite time of the year. And that's when he would really be with his family and he really really wanted to be in memphis and the only time he really wasn't in memphis is if he had to work on a, a film or if he was scheduled to work um in las vegas and he tried not to take jobs at christmas time but the colonel booked him for things as he did on new year's you know he did quite a few new year's concerts as well and there were some times where he would come home and he would just get home to Graceland in time maybe in two days and have Christmas and then a few days later he'd have to go out again and maybe on a tour or maybe do something locally in one of the venues or you know concert halls or coliseums or something and I know that he wanted to stay home during that time he did not want to go out and work but he always made the best of it he always smiled he was a great actor and he you know he did things that he was told to do even when he didn't want to so I know that Christmas was a, a big, big time for him, and he was really uh, sad to have to leave and to have to work. But he also, and I remember him telling me this, he said that, you know, he said, there are people that don't really have any special Christmases, he said, but those people that have saved up and bought a ticket to come and see my shows at Christmas time. He said, I owe it to my fans. He said, I owe it to my fans to be there for them for Christmas to make them happy. And he goes, and that's my gift to them. And I never forgot that. And I thought that is an incredible thing to say, you know, because he was so selfless in that way that he would say, you know, but I owe it to my fans that if there's a Christmas show scheduled, I may not want to do it but my fans deserve it and I need to be there for them. And I may be the only Christmas they have. And I, I remember thinking, that's a very heavy thing to say, you know, that that may be the only Christmas they have is seeing me. And I thought that was pretty deep because I don't think I would have thought of it, you know, if I was an entertainer in that way, but he did. That's, he, I mean, he, he really thought of it that way. Yeah, you're right though. A lot of times people, 
they would they would gift someone in their family a ticket to see Elvis because they knew that that they were an Elvis fan, and so their gift their Christmas gift to them was a ticket to see Elvis. And yeah, it's it's so nice that he could look at it that way and and realize you know. Uh-huh. Again, he always thought of everybody else first. He came second. He said, you know, I can be second in a lot of things, he said, because I have the ability to make somebody else's life better because mine has become so much better than than it was when I was growing up. And I thought, you know, all these things that the, the average person doesn't just go around talking like that. But But he did. And his love... I mean, his love of giving was never more so than at Christmas. And I know that there are some stories that, and I don't know if anybody else has shared them with you. Did anybody share the story with you yet that uh, there was one Christmas that the guys all chipped in and bought him a Bible because they knew how religious and um, spiritual Elvis was? No. And everybody added their name in the Bible except for one? Nobody shared No, no one shared that story. Oh, okay. Well, there was one Christmas that um, all the guys chipped in in the group, and it was very early on in the, in the early 60s, I think around 63 or 64 or something. All the guys chipped in to buy Elvis this great Bible. I don't know if it was, you know, King's James Version or what version it was or anything, but they chipped in to buy him the Bible, and they gave him the Bible, and Elvis said, hey, thanks, and he was looking through it. And all that stuff. And it had an area, like there were lines in the Bible, and each guy added his name and signed it. And Elvis went down the list, and he looked at it, and he saw that Larry Geller's name wasn't there. And apparently, he went to the guys and said, hey, man, he said, Larry's name's not here. He says, I I can't accept this Bible until Larry signs it. Mm -hmm. And so after Elvis noticed that, uh, that his name was missing, they made sure that they gave the Bible to Larry to sign, to, to give to Elvis again. I thought that was pretty interesting. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I've heard that story, too. I don't know where, but I've, I'm familiar with it. I know that's a true story. But before we sign off, I was just wondering if you want to share anything to, um, to with all of our friends and family that are listening to the show. If you want to wish them a Merry Christmas, that'd be great. Well, I do want to wish everybody a very, very Merry Christmas. You know, I just want to say that I'm very thankful for the friendships that I've made in the Elvis community. It has really, really enriched my life in so many ways. And I I only wish for the fans that they could have all met him. Because the biggest thing they always come and say is, oh, I wish I could have met him and you were so lucky to have known him and I would have given anything. And my heart really goes out to them because I see how much they love him. And I, you know, I've met so many of them that just we share and we cry and we hug and it's heartbreaking for me. But I, I want them to know that at this special time of the year is when we should raise him up the most. And just know that um, he's, his spirit is still with us, and it always will be. It's, it's a special time, and, and I wish I could have been with him in 75. I know that there's a story in 75 where he took everybody up in the plane and took them on the TCB plane, and he, they gave him money, and then he did a New Year's Eve concert, and and then, you know, he, he gave away animals at Christmas. I know that. He gave away – he loved dogs, so he gave dogs. He gave – poodles and great danes and things like that so he he was just a great guy and he was just always giving 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 
Yeah, for sure. That's amazing. Thank you, Mandy, for giving your time with us today and sharing your Christmas memories. Absolutely. We appreciate it. You're so welcome. And I wish you guys a very, very blessed and Merry Christmas. But I hope to talk to you before that. Absolutely. We do, too. If I get home on Christmas Day, I won't need soft words to say. I miss you and I can stay a while. You'll see it in my eyes and when I smile. If I get home before. Well, next on the line for you, we have a, a friend of Elvis, somebody who knew him well, got to meet him several times throughout his life, Mr. Don Wilson on the line. Hi, Don. Thanks for being with us. Hey, hey, how you doing, Krista? I'm doing great. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to you and Peter. Yes. So there he is. Yeah, I'm here. Yes, I'm here. here. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't, sometimes I don't chime in. But yes, Merry Christmas to you as well. <laughs> okay, well, he's undercover right now. He's a double notch. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so what do you remember about Elvis and Christmas time? Well, um, I wasn't with Elvis at Christmas time because of, you know, his, his, what I remember is he was usually in Vegas around that time, but just before that, uh, one year, I think he was 75, and don't quote me, I'm going to have all the armchair Elvis experts out there, but (laughs) 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 anyway, um, uh, I I told him, you know, and he said, what are you doing in your spare time? And And I said, well, I listen to your records for one. He said, beside that. And he said, well, when, when you do listen to our records, he says, what kind of record player you got? And I told him, and, uh, and, and uh, I said, I got one from Monkey, uh, Montgomery Wards. He said, Monkey Wards? He said, how big is it, you know? <laughs> so I told him, you know, it was that um, little record player with the speakers, you know, where you pull out. You remember those? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, and so... Motion for Charlie Hodge, and, and uh, he told Charlie to go get this envelope. And he came back. He said, "Get yourself a good stereo." And I opened it up, and it was a thousand dollars in it. Oh, in 1975, yeah, so. you could get a really nice stereo. <laughs> and uh, well, you know, that's exactly what I did. I, I what would you do, Peter? I would get a very nice stereo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What happened was is that. Uh, I remember because uh, I was living in Houston at the time, and my uh, my grandmother, um, you know, she had this uh, membership with Jimco, which was one of those department stores where you had to have a card to actually go into. It was kind of weird <laughs> looking back on it. And then they they had this uh, appliance section to where you know it was it was locked, and so it was almost like. You can't go in there. It's like, you know, heavenly or something. <laughs> and uh, there was this guy there, and I just walked up, and I had the money on me and everything, and he wouldn't let me in. And then I said, you know, he said, you don't have no thousand dollars. You know, I was a teenager. And, you know, I mean, you don't have any money. And, you know, I pulled out. And he said, oh, okay, well, come on right in here, sir. You know? <laughs> and um, so I, I remember that uh, I got the top of the line, and it was a BSR, no, it was a Gerard turntable, and I got a Sony component system, you know, the AM, FM, yep. and then uh, I got Fisher speakers, 
and a Panasonic cassette recorder. So yeah, I was set. <laughs> wow, you you got you did get the top of the line stuff. Well, yeah, and um, but anyway, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, once they saw that I had that green, you know, they said, "Oh, come on in, sir." You know? <laughs> but yeah, I, I had a really nice uh, stereo system, uh, thanks to Elvis, and, and like I said to him, I said uh, Christmas came very early, you know, and he said, "Well, Merry uh, Happy Christmas." early <laughs> uh, see, Don I've, I thought you were going to tell a story like uh, you know in Pretty Woman where you was like fine and you went to another record store and then on your way back came back and said remember when you wouldn't let me in before big mistake huge <laughs> <laughs> well unfortunately I've seen Grace from Led Up to Christmas but unfortunately I never got to spend time with Elvis uh, Grace on, uh, during the Christmas time but uh you know, you know, I tell you what, being around Elvis any time was like Christmas. Well, I tell you what, you have given the world such a gift with Don Wilson's Hollywood Beat podcast. And I want to give you some time to um, to talk about that, the amazing things you're doing over there. This is a free show that anybody can listen to anywhere in the world. Well, thank you. And I, I think that uh, you inspired me to get back to... Uh, I hadn't been on, well, at first I used to be on an FM station. And, um, you, you do such a wonderful podcast, you and, and Peter there at the TCB Radio Network. And uh, and you, got, you guys gave me some ideas, and so I kind of delved into it. But, yeah, it, it's great to be able to get um, the 20, 25-year-old interviews off the shelf, dusted them off, and, you know, get them out there to everybody and do some new ones. It's amazing. I've been listening on Spotify, and um, some of them are just so good and so clear. It's like you could have recorded them yesterday. Just amazing stuff. Yeah, and some of those people aren't with us anymore, and that's what's just amazing to hear them interviewed like that. Well, thank you, guys. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I've been a little lazy now getting some of the, the, the complete ones out. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I've got uh, at least three years' worth, you know, that I can – pull from so I mean a lot that I haven't gotten out yet so um, uh, hopefully that uh, you guys and the fans out there will really enjoy what I've got coming up oh yeah we definitely are and I, I know they, they will too so we're doing our best to let everybody know that you're putting it out there and we're so glad that you're sharing all this stuff it's awesome yeah it's just fantastic like I said hearing hearing these people that you can't here anymore mm -hmm. they're they're not here and the fact that you got a chance to talk to them and ask them questions that i think a lot of us would have asked as well so that's what's really neat well thank you uh, yeah it's uh, I, I run across a jd sumner interview of us just talking on the phone for an hour uh, i meant to broadcast but i never did so i'll be broadcasting that soon and it's clear. It's 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 clear. Then he was in the studio. Of course, that booming voice of his. You know, <laughs> it's great. I can't wait to hear it. Now I'm a little I'm a little behind Krista in in where I am in, in what you what you've gotten up. But I know that there are pictures of you with Glenn Campbell. Have you put that interview up yet, or or not? Uh, that one. Uh, well, one of them. It depends on which one you're talking about. Yeah, I've got one of them up already. Okay. And, you know, I, I, I couldn't find the original master, and I just did a few days ago. The one I had was like a, a second generation that I put on the air. So I'm going to put it on again, and it's much clearer. You know the way those cassettes are sometimes, you know. Oh, yeah. and 
but I mean, the, the master is, is a lot clearer. Uh, and um, I, I just did an interview um, with Jennifer Flowers, and she talked for the first time about her meeting Elvis, and that's up today. Because yeah. a lot of people, you know, remember her uh, from that, uh, the Clinton scandal and all that, but they didn't know that she met Elvis. I, so, did not, uh, I didn't know she met Elvis. I didn't know she yeah, so that, that's up. You can you can listen to that today, Peter. I will. Actually, I will. I will. There's your I, homework. I will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's a sweetheart. She loves Elvis, and um, you know she's, she's got an interesting career. And um, but yeah, it, it, it's a it's a labor of love. It gives me something to do, and you know I, I've been wanting to know how to get all those out. So I'm glad you guys enjoy them. Yeah, yeah, we really are. Putting them out. Everybody's enjoying them. Thank you so much for your time, Don. Well, sure. Okay, everybody knows how generous Elvis was, but now we turn it around on you, and so you're like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to get Elvis Presley for Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and, and I did uh, what I usually ended up giving Elvis. I would find old books. Uh, I did that with Johnny Cash too. Now, with Johnny Cash, it was like old hymnals and things like from the 17th century that I, I run across. There's one place that had them. But Elvis, he was uh, he was so difficult to buy for, so you had to get something unique. And you, and usually, if I gave him a book or something, you know, he just thought that was great. <laughs> yeah, he he was a voracious reader. That's that's for sure. So I'm I'm sure any kind of any kind of book would have he would have loved. Fan of Stephen King, son, but thank you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, at least he he thought of me. But yeah. <laughs> damn. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so okay, so now Don, but that's that's kind of a fun that's kind of a funny thing, you know. In itself, I can imagine you you're going down your Christmas list, and and now and you're at the store and you're shaking your head, and I can imagine the salesperson going. What's wrong, son? It's like, oh, I got this one last person I got to buy a present for, and I don't know what to get him. Well, who is it? Well, Elvis Presley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, of course, I never, I never said that, but that's probably the way to look at it. But yeah, I, I, I um, they had all these books, uh, you know, these old antique book places, you know, where uh, where I was at the time, and so. Uh, you just kind of go in there like, would you be interested in that? No, I don't think so, you know. And I can almost picture someone doing that, but I, I didn't tell them that. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, would, they would have said, hey, let's get this guy, uh, you know, straight jacket and take him away. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah because, you know, you mentioned that and nobody believed you. So half the time I never even said anything for years. I didn't say anything. And it was one for Larry Geller, you know, he said, well, you know, you got to get these stories out, so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You were such a young guy then, too. I mean, the record store didn't think you had a thousand dollars. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. They looked at me, and I was pretty skinny. I was uh, like, I was scrawnier and skinnier in Sinatra in his early days back then. I looked like a, a broomstick, you know. <laughs> We all did. But, uh, I was just all hair. We were all much know? thinner when we were younger, Don. <laughs> yeah, we were all. <laughs> well, that's the only way anybody saw me when I was coming, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for your time. We'll let you.
let you get back to your to your turkey and your decorating. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, and uh, you never know what's going to happen with me. So, but anyway, I see this Q-tip with a little Samaritan barking. But anyway, I want to wish you uh, guys and everybody out there a very Merry Christmas and a wonderful New Year. Thank you, Don. Thank you. you as well. We appreciate you so much. You, you, we owe you so much for uh, for what you've done for us in the show and the memory of Elvis. We're having a blast just celebrating with people all over the world that we never w- would have been able to reach otherwise. So thank you for yeah. all your referrals and everything you've done for us. Absolutely. Oh, thank you. And uh, I love you guys and, and what you do. And what you do is, like I said, give all the news that is news across the nation and the world about Elvis. I mean, it's all there, you know. So um, I know you guys work really hard on, on, your, on your show and it shows. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks. Give our love to Denise, too. Absolutely. Uh, okay, you got it. And uh, I hope that uh, this recorded fine and everything because I'm out in the country, but oh, it's great talking to you guys. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> All right. All right, well, I'll talk to you guys soon, okay? okay. All right, thanks, Don. Thanks, Don. Okay, bye, bye guys. Next up, ladies and gentlemen, we have royalty in the house for you. The queen of the rock and bop, Kay Wheeler's on the line. Hi, Kay. Thanks for being with us today. Oh, hi, Kristen and Pete. Nice to be here. Well, we're glad you could join us. So, uh, as Krista stated, we're we're looking for uh, Elvis, not just Christmas Day memories, but something that might have happened around the Christmas season. And I understand you have a story about the Louisiana Hayride. Fortunately, I happened to be with Elvis in some of the real significant venues that he played. And this was December 15th, 1956. It was his last appearance at the Louisiana Hayride in uh, Shreveport, Louisiana. If you're wondering what a Dallas girl was doing down there, well, I just (laughs) took the fastest train I could get there. Um, And it was interesting, but so I had to. This was really my only real designated date with Elvis. You know, everybody always says, oh, did you date Elvis? Well, right from the get-go, when I first met him in San Antonio, I knew right away that I was not going to be one of those girls. You know, they were all over the place. And I'm thinking, well, this is not exactly what I planned on. And I kind of let him know in no uncertain terms. You know, he looked at me when they were all around having fit. He says, you're not going to go along with this, are you? He could tell. And I said, no, not at all. And then he gave me a long look. He says, well, you're just too smart for your own good. (laughs) Boy, that's food for thought. What do you mean by that? Mm, That was a spot. But anyway, uh, I I arrived in Shreveport. I went by myself. And I was there at the concert. And he held the green jacket. And, of course, if any of you have seen any of those pictures of the Shreveport uh, then, you know, these are some, he was just really amazing. Uh, it was total screaming during the concert, which was the way it was with most of Elvis's concerts. It was just pandemonium. 
you couldn't really hear a lot of what he was saying. And I don't think the girls care. They just wanted to look at him. Right. <laughs> if, if you know what I mean. Yes, yes. I know he didn't wear green a lot, but he actually looked really good in green. Well, he had this bright green, like a billiard table, pool table green coat. And uh, it seemed like he would always wear that when he knew I was coming to see him, especially after we first met. And I would always make a deal about it, about Elvis, I just love that green coat. (laughs) 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 And and, and, in Dallas, at the Congo, he says, honey, you'll probably have it before the night's over. (laughs) I thought, oh my gosh, what does that mean? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Of course, when I went into the press conference with him, I, I really dialed myself up. I wasn't going to be one of those girls, but I had this thought when I had a chance to go to Shreveport and be with him. I thought, well, I'm just a fool not to do this. Right. <laughs> I, mean, I thought, you know, come on, Kay, you know, put on your high heel sneakers. We're going out tonight. That's you know? right. There's no reason for you to not look beautiful anyway, just because you weren't going to be a number. <laughs> right. I thought, well, you know, it's Christmas time, baby. <laughs> and so, you know, I bought this really great, you know, white dress. She's dressed with a silver uh, flex in it and white fur on the top. And then when I put it on, I was scared to wear it to the press conference because it looked like oh my and so I just put a coat over me during the press conference because I was horrified I mean I just I just was shy I was shy it was a pretty sparkling moment there you know the black hair the red lipstick the eyes you know the smoky eyes and the white dress with a white fur on it I mean that was just gaudy you know there's no way about it and I put the coat on and out during the press conference, you can see the three, four times did a story on us and, and a story on him. And it was like, it had a picture of the two of us and the newspaper there. So I had on all the fancy stuff. And then at some point at the press conference was ending, uh, I took the coat off. <laughs> and then Elvis came running off the shirt said, hey, 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 now we're getting, you know, we're getting the other lady, blah, blah, blah. I said, yeah, yeah. And so a guy named Cliff Cleves came up to me and said, Elvis wants me to take you up to the hotel room. I'm like, oh, man, this is so not going to happen. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. But, you know, of course, every time you're around Elvis, you just, there's a, you know, how do you hold a rainbow in your hands? I mean, when you get up close to him, it was like, oh, he's here, but he's not real. This can't be real. It's always, for me, it was always a sense of, I'm not really here <laughs> 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 because he is such a, a a dream and a fantasy. It's kind of like when you try to hold a dream in your hands, it just, you know, in your dream, it just kind of dissipates. Yeah. And it's never quite as exciting, I have to say, with all due respect to him, as the anticipation, as we all know. And so, you know, I uh, was up there with the guys and he had all the guys around him and I kept, you know, I kind of think about why did he have the guys around him all the time? You know, I really didn't want the guys all around us. That, <laughs> that was not, and, and I can understand why some of them made comments about that. And, you know, I was thinking about that, and I think it's probably because, you know, Elvis was the only child, as we all know, in the loss of his brother, 
and he was very lonely probably growing up. And I think that when he had a success, I think he wanted, I think he was always cracking jokes. I, I kind of think he was a frustrated comedian. <laughs> and part of his cuteness in Vegas, you know, is when he'd make these little jokes and do all these cutesy little things. And he had a real way of being funny. It's, it's unusual. I mean, we don't think of Elvis as being funny, but he was, he had a good sense of humor. And he laughed at himself a lot of times. It's funny, Kay, because as you were telling that story, uh, you know, you didn't want the guys around, but no, wait, I don't want to be by myself with Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, I did not want to be by myself with Elvis. In fact, <laughs> you know, he had put, Cliff showed me this one room and told me to go in this hotel room. And I'm sitting there, I actually went in there, and I'm sitting there and I'm looking at all this and I'm thinking, what am I doing here? But I did stay in there at least five minutes asking myself, what am I doing here? And so then I went out and then I went back into the room where the guys were and Elvis was in there. And, you know, they were ordering food. He was ordering sandwiches. And he had taken his green coat off and he draped it across the chair. This was after the concert. And it was like soaking wet. It was as wet as it almost as he'd come out of a washing machine. It was like the sweat. And uh, I looked at the coat and I thought, you know, I'm going to put that coat on. And I did. I grabbed the coat off the chair and put the coat on and wrapped it around my white dress with fur. (laughs) 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 And walked around the room with it. And and Elvis was so amused at that. He was staring me down like, what are you doing? (laughs) I wouldn't pay for that moment. That was a crowning moment. Now that I look back on it, I'm so glad I did it. And it just, I wanted the coat. And uh, so he's, I'm wearing the coat the whole time there with a guy. I guess I wanted to protect myself with that white dress on. You know, (laughs) I I guess the coat was just another escape there. And so he's ordering his sandwich. And this is why I know he loves the guys to laugh at him all the time. He orders the sandwich and he names all the things, you know, lettuce, tomato, cheese. And then he said something that was very uncouth, you know, another word, cat poop. And I said, oh, I'm shocked. And he turned around and looked at me to get my reaction. And, of course, the guys cracked up, all of them, you know, it's like a comedy show. Right. And. (laughs) <laughs> but he looked at me and he knew and I let him know I didn't like that comment it wasn't my style at all <laughs> I don't go it's kind of joke but but when I look back at it now it registers to me that he always wanted he always wanted fun and to make people laugh and I think he wanted an audience yeah I want I think he wanted an audience off stage and on stage yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted 24 7 he wanted an audience you know yeah Yep. So, and so, you know, I didn't know. He said, you do want something? I said, oh, like I could eat at a moment like that. You know, <laughs> I can imagine thinking I could possibly eat anything around Elvis. You don't eat around Elvis. You faint around Elvis. No, <laughs> that, wasn't the, that wasn't on the uh, menu. So did you guys, uh, did, did you exchange Christmas presents or, or not? No, no. I got a Christmas card, but that was all. But this is the night I abandoned Elvis the more I thought about it the more I needed to get out of there (laughs) (laughs) the rational side of me won out on this one 
I just, uh, they were all, you know, buzzing around and talking and so forth. And I put the coat back on the thing and I thought I could get a taxi to get out of here. I just wasn't, I wasn't good for the night. I could, I could really feel that I wasn't going to, this was not on my program. Right. And so I got, I sneaked out of that, the room. They were all talking and blah, blah, blah. And I go running, I go walking down the hall and all of a sudden, Elvis is running behind me. Ooh, what a good feeling. Uh, <laughs> and I turn around and he says, Kay, Kay, where are you going? Where are you going? And I just kind of turn into a stairwell. You know, it was like, at the, you know, on a hotel where they had that little stairwell thing before the stairs go down. There was a window there. And I just turned into there and I just, uh, uh, I was just in a serious mood. And uh, I looked at him and I said, Elvis, what do you think life's all about? I mean, I just wanted to not be a boop boop be doo girl. I mean, I, I kind of wanted to have a serious moment with him other than, and I go, oh, that's really crazy. I mean, I was only 17, but I still, was, I had a serious mind about me. I just wanted to be, to touch him in another way. And of course, he was not in a mood for that. Right, right, right. <laughs> not even a small bit. <laughs> and so he grabs me and starts kissing me and starts doing all these gyrations like he's on stage, okay? And I'm going, I don't think I'm ready for this. <laughs> and of course, I, and I don't think I've had anything like that ever happen quite like that before. And uh, I was just kind of taken aback to tell the truth. I know a lot of Elvis fans out there will say, well, I, I, how could you not react? I don't know. It was just too much, okay? Right. It was just too much. I did my best to not be cold, but it was like, it was shocking. Uh, it was shocking for me. And of course, that just underscored my fear. <laughs> <laughs> if I thought I was afraid by before, I was now officially terrified, okay? So I got rescued when one of the guys, when they can't find Elvis, that's a big deal for the guys from the Memphis Mafia. And so all of a sudden, they were screaming down the hotel hallways, Elvis, Elvis, where are you? Where are you? And of course, we were hiding in the stairwell. And so finally, I said, hey, the guys are calling you, you know? And he kind of looked at me. He said, well, we're over here. And uh, they said, you know, the sandwiches are ready. Come on, blah, blah, blah. And so he kind of went that way and said, come on. And so I went the other way. They, he went on down the hall, and I went on downstairs into the lobby and got me a taxi. Uh, I was staying with some friends there in Shreveport. I just got out of there. I know this is a, a horrifying story probably for some Elvis fans, but that's just the way it was. Is that the way it was? Elvis, that's the way it was. <laughs> <laughs> and that that's my December memory. Of course, I go back over that a million times and think, wow, what if, what if, what if? But it's a good memory, and it's a sweet memory, and I guess I'm really glad that he made a good attempt at me, because otherwise I'd be disappointed, right? So that was my Christmas gift from Elvis, is that he made a really good approach to me, and that, that makes me feel a lot better yeah. in, in time. And, 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 you know, sometimes if things go further, or your official girlfriend that gets dumped later, or whatever, you've got these pages stuck together and some bitterness and a little bit of that, you know, a little bit of jealousy and all that. And the way the way it was for us, it ended on what might have been basis, and 
it's still in the air, and the love affair is still going on. It yeah. didn't end there. I mean, it was a forever Elvis memory. It was. It ended on a good note, and and of course he knows that I walked out on him because obviously I didn't go follow in. I didn't come back. And the next time I saw him was in Hollywood, a year later almost. It was in November of 1957 when he's out there with Jailhouse, making Jailhouse Rock and finished. And it was at a press conference about the movie. I don't know that he attended the movie, but he was there at the press conference because Colonel Parker makes him go to press conferences. And I was kind of sitting in the back of the room, and I was like, probably, gosh, probably 75 people reporters and people all they had him sitting on the lined up with chairs all waiting for Elvis to walk in so he walks in and he looks over the room and all the way down the room and when he gets to me he screams out all the way across the press conference Kay is that you <laughs> like what are you doing here in Hollywood I haven't seen you in a year what are you sitting here what are you doing here I guess I never ceased to amaze him huh but anyway I think he was shocked to see me there because the last time we met, I I ran away officially. Right. So that's that's my cute story about Elvis in in December. Uh, that's a boy. That's a memory and a half. Yeah. I didn't bring any cameras with me that time, but the, like I say, the press got pictures of us for the newspaper. But boy, this wasn't a fan or a camera visit. <laughs> you didn't get the green jacket either. I didn't get the green jacket. Yeah, that's the second time, you know, that I was close at it. And in Dallas, he promised it to me. He said, you'll have it for the night over. Or you probably have it for the night over. So that, to me, that's my jacket. So when I visited with Gladys after the Dallas thing, well, this was in uh, it was October, was uh, Dallas Cotton Bowl. And then November, I visited Gladys. The first thing I said is, is his jean green jacket in the closet <laughs> I guess what? she went to the closet and started tearing through every looking through every single thing trying to find that pink green jacket boy I really had it and she said, she said oh he must have it he was on the road he was traveling he said he must have it with him and she was devastated Oh. And then she came and then I was sitting there and she came back a little later and she brought his white buck shoes Okay, and, and I was a stupid girl. All I could think of was, where am I going to put those in the suitcase? I know that sounds so dumb right now, but I was just a teenager. And she said, oh, but here, take these shoes. You can have the shoes. And I looked at the shoes, and I, I held them in my hand, and I'm thinking, gosh, these are all dirty. You know, it's like he wore the shoes. They had been worn, and I'm thinking, how will I put these shoes in the suitcase? <laughs> I know that it makes no sense. And so I said, you know what? You, I gave him back to her. I said, look, you just keep these shoes. Thanks for that. You know, but I had them in my hand, and they were mine for a minute. I gave them back. They are now under glass in Graceland because the, the 1956 white buck shoes right. that he wore at wow. a cotton bowl and some of his main shows there and I'm so glad I didn't take them because you know over time you lose things you know you things get you know you get married move here move there you know things get lost I lost a shirt that Elvis gave me so you know I'm glad I didn't get the white I didn't keep the white shoes they're where they belong now in Graceland yeah and the, the I I think the green jacket would have made meant more to you because he knew you wanted it. He probably was going to give it to you. And you know, if it had been there, Gladys would have let you have it. So, for sure. Yeah. 
sure, hundred percent. She was trying to find a suitable substitute. <laughs> shoes. Right. You know, she thought, and she was right. Today, if I had those shoes, they'd probably be not only personally what they are to me, but they'd be worth like what you know, fifty thousand dollars or more. I mean, oh. you know, more than that. More probably. than that. More than that. More than that. Yeah. Yeah. So but, I mean, yeah, uh, but. What Parker did with a green coat, he just cut it up into little swatches. Oh, man, what a wonderful guy he is. Oh. And cut them up little tiny pieces and sold them as uh, souvenirs. Wow. The swatches, they posted it on like a piece. This is the part of Elvis's green coat that he wore, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and sold them. Oh, he cut the coat, cut up in a million little pieces, a thousand, you know, hundreds of pieces and sold them as souvenirs. I've got a copy of uh, Atlanta Dash sent me a cop. She was trying. She thought she had one to send me. At least I would have a swatch of it. It's. It, she sent me a copy of it of the of the Parker. It was Elvis Presley Enterprise item. And he had cut the green coat up. Yeah. But what you know, hey, hey, that's all right. If a fan's got it, I mean, we all have it. That's all that matters. Yeah, that's great. Well, Kay, we uh, we wish you and your family a wonderful Merry Christmas. What do you you got any big plans for Christmas, or you staying home or going anywhere? Well, no, no. We always have a family. My daughter and my son, and uh, they live in the same town with me. We always have a. We're big Christmas people. Mm-hmm. You know, our Christmas. I I told my daughter she was getting all the ornaments out of the garage. And I said, you know, we've got enough to open a store. Of Christmas <laughs> so this is, you know, we're big Christmas people and we enjoy uh, celebrating the, the life of Jesus and what he's given to the world. And it, it means 100% everything to all of us. That's Aww, tremendous. That's lovely. Well, Kay, thank you so much for sharing that story with us. And we wish you a Merry Christmas. And uh... Well, thank you, Peter, and for keeping the memory alive of Elvis, and you're so good with uh, with it all, and Krista, uh, right there beside him, uh, pushing it all forward like a, a Texas tornado. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. I get that. <laughs> Thank you so much. So, God bless you both, and Merry Christmas. God bless you, too. We love you, Kay. Merry Christmas. Love you. Merry Christmas. There's, not, there's no people like Elvis. Oh, isn't that right? That is the truth. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Oh, little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep, the silent stars above. All right, and at this time, we are so delighted to have on the line former mayor, Bill Morris, current popular guy and family man. Thank you so much for your time and being with us to share your Elvis Christmas memories, Bill. Well, I'm delighted to have the opportunity because we had so many, and yet we had so few uh, in the scheme of things. He died so young, but the years that I had with him, they were always different, always exciting, and he always tried to make sure he had surprises for Everybody, particularly on Christmas Eve, that was his day, you know, back at Graceland, Christmas Eve for the family and, and his friends, and and he loved doing things that that would excite everybody around, food, fellowship, and, and uh, some of the silliness that goes with uh, the atmosphere, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, did you did you see him in December, or was he off often traveling? That time no, of year. Most often he would be in Memphis at Graceland uh, for the holidays and 
because his family was there, you know, and that was just sort of a tradition with Elvis. He didn't, and he did not enjoy being away at a time when he was growing up as a kid. All of us grew up, and with our limited income, it's Christmas is a special time to celebrate. You know, well, it's not like you grew up with everything you wanted. Like it seems like today, kids have just about anything they want, and, and uh, so it, it's not nearly as special. And then there's another element of people that. They use Christmas as a time to celebrate their faith in the Lord. And so he, he was one of those guys that enjoyed doing both. He understood the meaning of Christmas. He understood loving, showing his love at Christmas time. And I had many Christmases with him. I had some of my kids with us. And when he had Lisa Marie came along, of course, uh, around the house at Christmas time, they always did a great job uh, of decorating, you know, it was very festive and, uh, uh, as a matter of fact, one of the stories I have going back before I was in politics, I was in the printing business, and I actually, through my uh, printing company, or the one I worked for, we actually designed uh, graphically his first Christmas card, which I still have one of, that he wanted special, and it was uh, it was uh, sort of like a watercolor, but it was awesome uh, showing Graceland with the snow falling big snowflakes inside the cupboard and, and it said uh, had, had Merry Christmas from the Presley's Elvis and Vernon oh, you wow. know that's and that was really kind of a, a unique deal and I, I see that now in my collection from time to time and I remember how incredible that was uh, that was that was just uh, before I got really got involved in politics and it was great then I had of course he did always try to do some funny things. Everybody would come out. He'd have food, fellowship. And on one occasion, uh, most occasions, they'd always have some type of little uh, gift of some kind for everybody. And and, uh, I I remember one year, I gave him uh, a porcelain hound dog. And then every year, I gave him a gold-plated pistol. Uh, For fun, he he gave out 50-cent McDonald's gift cards to some of the guys. You know, that, and then then he would give diamonds or a ring. He gave me a Mercedes one Christmas. And I was stunned. And that was a, that was a particularly unique Christmas for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and for me and guys you know and we've talked to it before my wife Ann and Elvis graduated from high school at Humes together. And uh, so we were she was a special friend. We all were and and we were stunned, and I remember that I was in the house, in the house, and Elvis had gotten a flashlight. He loved flashlights, and during that particular time in his life, and big powerful lights, he could shine up in trees and out on the grounds and so forth, and he could almost use them as a club. But anyway, George uh, Pine <laughs> came in and said, uh, Bill, Elvis wants to see you. I said, well, okay, where is he? He said, he's out in front of the house. And so... Uh, I said, okay, so I get out and go out in front of the house, and that's, there he stood out there, he said, come here, let me show you something. And I said, okay, so he took me out, he said, how do you like my car? It was a Mercedes, maroon Mercedes, four-door car. I said, man, that's awesome. He said, uh, you really like it? And I said, of course, who would not like that? And he said, well, you better because it's yours. That's your Christmas present from me. Oh, said, wow. He said, look. It's a, it's a, get the car. I'll show you how to work it. And so we get in the car. Okay. 
And so everybody's standing around, applauding, and, you know, congratulating me and all that. So I get in the car, he, t- he said, flips on the radio. And when the first thing that came out on the radio was Elvis singing, I'll be home for Christmas. Oh, no. And, wow, what a coincidence that was. But then yeah, he gets in the car and said, look, from his house, we I'll, let's go over to the airport because I'm out of cigars. And so no traffic. You know, it's like almost midnight on Christmas Eve in 1970 or whatever that was. And that's, you know, it's been a long time ago. But so we get in the car and he, he's jabbering all the way. I was going all over the airport just telling me all about the car, this, that, and the other, you know. And I'm, of course, I'm stunned and speechless. And uh, I'm too dumbfounded to even think about how to respond. <laughs> but then we get over to the, the ramp, uh, the place at the airport. He goes in and buys him some villager keel, K-I-E-L cigars, the little yellow tipped cigars, which they were really great. I, I know sometimes people call, talk about him smoking tipperellas, but, and he might have it sometime, but he really smoked villager keel, uh, an English uh, cigar. But anyway, uh, so I got the car and we go back and, even to this day, I don't know if anything has ever affected me as much as somebody like Elvis giving. First of all, just being there with Elvis with our family was awesome. And the kids played together, and, and my youngest kid, John, was playing with uh, uh, Lisa Marie. And, and uh, of course, they're about the same age. And Elvis had his, had his big dog there, and both, that dog was taller than both the kids at that point. <laughs> but anyway, that was a special Christmas. But every way, every Christmas was special at Graceland. And I was there several years uh, with a family or uh, what have you on Christmas Eve. And that's kind of what he wanted to do is spend Christmas Eve with his friends. I can't imagine the feeling would be anything other than surreal if you if you actually took time to sit down and think, holy cow, I'm, I'm here spending Christmas Eve with Elvis Presley. Oh, yeah. And I was too nervous to drive home almost. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hey, but I made it. I loved that. I loved the car. I I actually did not drive the car. My wife drove it. I I drove a different vehicle for work. And so I just made that her car. And it it became a uh, a conversation piece later on when I ran for for mayor uh, or sheriff or whatever I was running for at that time. I guess mayor at that time. Uh, conversation piece about it. and Dale was giving me a car and because uh, I was not in the office at the time he gave it to me but my opponent tried to make it look like something special well it was special for me but it wasn't uh, it wasn't any type of influence Elvis had never thought twice about the political issue right nor did I think, for that matter but nor did it matter he- people are going to make an issue you know out of everything and anything uh, particularly if you're in politics or, mm-hmm. or if you're Elvis Presley. Now, I never could get over uh, the, the conversation people had saying instrumental, th- uh, saying negative things about Elvis. And uh, I spent, I've spent my life saying, you know, how can you, how can you say something about Elvis Presley? He's done so much, and he's such an icon in the world of music. And he was such an incredible, generous person who gave away a heck of, heck of a lot more than he ever received almost because he he loved giving gifts Christmas time was his time to make people who didn't have bus get something you know contributing to the charities of of, of that year he'd select those charities and he'd write checks for them yeah. not the least of which I might add he always gave a check to St. Jude one of the common themes that, that we've been we've been getting from, from everyone 
is, uh, you know, okay, everyone expects Elvis to give these lavish gifts, but now you flip it around and you're like, what do I get Elvis Presley for Christmas? <laughs> oh, yeah. And, you know, we were, we were ourselves sick about it. And, uh, but we always did the same thing he did. We could give something, you know, just a memento type thing. And that, that of course, with the hound dog deal, that surrounded the hound dog. The last time I saw it, it was still there in the case, you know, and so was the, the handgun. It was a gold plated pistol. Uh, it was a special issue, serial number two. Uh, and, uh, and I'm, I'm sure it's still there. They wouldn't probably give away the handguns but no, and, no. anyway it was something i was able to get because of being in law enforcement or whatever at that point uh, it i was awarded that because i'd been a big customer of the firearms people they selected the sheriffs and so forth to do special something special make them available so i ended up getting uh, serial number two but uh anyhow he 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 just didn't I always thought he thought he would probably like a little something, some memento, some recognition. Uh, you know, because we're all human. Mm-hmm. And uh, but he, in spite of all that, I think he got more excitement of giving gifts, giving people something. He was very selective. He gave people special, specialized gifts. But the years he gave out envelopes and had a picture set. McDonald's Hamburg card in there was hilarious. <laughs> that is, and he put, th- he put things in perspective. I love that. Well, and I wonder too, if, if you can find that uh, Christmas card you made for him, take a picture of it, put it on Facebook. We'll share that around. That is, that's such a cool story too. I love that. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I can do, I can do that. Yeah. I, when I get back from Louisiana, I'll just pull it out. And I still have that Elvis Presley signed those little pictures. I guess I have that too. So uh, I, I could send you a copy of that if you like. Yeah. I, I have all that stuff together. And Elvis, Elvis EP was on the little uh, uh, gift card, you know. That, that, yeah, um, if you send it. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll find those and send you a copy of each one of those. Okay. Yeah, that, he was, it was always fun. Um Christmas was special with Elvis, and we sat around the piano and you know and sang and and uh, did Christmas carols and whatever. But uh, he he thoroughly enjoyed vocalizing feelings of the season, you know. Mm-hmm. And everybody was a gawk, you know. They just um, were thrilled to death to be there and listen to him do his thing. And naturally, we stayed into the wee wee hours, late hours. Early morning, having to be food on the table from so way late, early in the morning, and so forth. Uh, and uh, was, some of us had other duties, like our families at home, and, and he could get up, and sleep, sleep, and get up when he got ready. Uh, we had children, and we had, had to deal with this issue of Santa Claus and all of that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, with our children. So that was all of us had a different agenda, but nobody had anything more important on Christmas Eve than to be with Elvis. And uh, so I have great memories and will always have great memories in a positive way with him. I want to wish everybody just listening today and a Merry Christmas. Oh, thank you so much. We appreciate that. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely, um, we'll spread the word and the good wishes. Thank you for your time and being with us. How's the book tour going, by the way? Are you... 
Oh, oh yeah, I'm not really doing a lot of touring. I don't I never had intended to make a lot of tours, but I went back to my hometown and a lot of small uh, places around Memphis and so forth mm-hmm. at the university. And and uh, anyhow, uh, I had I had the book on Amazon and, uh, and bookstores locally, and sales been going good. I will actually of the books I have didn't get too many printed, but I will be out of the hardback books in January. Wow. Uh, I guess we'll sell out, but uh, the hardback the time we have Elvis's birthday week in January. But that's all I intended to do. I've got my book out. You know, I told my story, and that's all I needed to tell. And uh, I, I never expected to be number one on the bestsellers list, but even though I thought the story uh, was a good story. And, uh, yeah, and it makes a great Christmas gift. It does. You people can it, buy yeah, it on Amazon. I, yeah, maybe somebody, if they want to order one, all they got to do is, and take an order and get a sign to a gift. How, where can you get a gift that cheap? <laughs> <laughs> and, and be so many of them, right? I mean, the story of Elvis and all the stuff we did all the other that's, it, it, you, know, you can't get a signed poster for 25 bucks. That's right. They can, they can buy several copies and give them to uh, all their friends and family. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a good idea. I'm going to start calling some of my friends and say, don't you want to... You have my book for your Christmas gift. <laughs> I mean, you can hardly buy a card anymore for the price of a softback fifty, twenty bucks. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I got. I bought a. I bought a card about a week or two ago for special friends, and for birthday it is nine dollars and ninety nine cents plus tax, which was a dollar eleven dollars more than half what it would cost to buy my book. And it all they do is look at that happy birthday boom that goes in the trash can. Yeah. So. <laughs> so so, and having said that, that means my book is a heck of a bargain. Four hundred pages of real history. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a great stocking stuffer. <laughs> so it. So that I mean, you can make people happy for a twenty dollar investment. You know, you make me happy to buy them. So Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Nice talking to you guys. Look forward to seeing you again soon. Yep. Thank talk to you, you so soon. Much. Have a safe, wonderful trip. We'll see. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, guys. Okay. Bye. Bye bye. for you we have music superstar songwriter great all-around guy ronnie mcdowell's on the line to share his christmas memories and talk about his awesome christmas album too hi ronnie well hello krista how are you doing we're doing great we're so happy to have you online today thanks for your time uh more than happy to do it i'm up in evansville no i take that back i just went through evansville i'm in jasper indiana i was in atlanta georgia last night and I leave here and I go to North Carolina and then to Richmond, Virginia, Sunday for a sold out show with my friend Donna Mead, who was married to my good friend, Jimmy Dean. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. Uh, of course, I love Richmond. A lot of history there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Virginia, especially. I mean, Virginia has just a ton of, of stuff to see and do. 
Yes, it does. I'm a, a history nut, in case you don't know. I just love history. Well, if well, I, and I, I don't know the exact layout of, of Virginia, but I know that another great place in Virginia is uh, Colonial Williamsburg. That's that's a great place to go to. Yeah, I went there for the first time on my senior trip back in 1968. Wow. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> I know, and can you believe that was 51 years ago? That's, you know, it, it really is amazing. I have a, a friend of mine that... Uh, does Frank Sinatra? We've been doing a show for a little while called the the Chairman and the King, and and somebody said, yeah, it's been sixty years since Frank Sinatra's Welcome Home Elvis TV special. Yeah, and I uh, I love that show. Elvis, he looked like twenty movie stars on that. Of course, know. It, you know, back in those days, he always did. He looked like literally twenty movie stars. He was just <laughs> best looking human to me, and, and I'm all boy. <laughs> you know just best looking human that ever lived and anybody that disputes that they, they need to get their eyes examined I always loved what Jerry Reed said he says he wasn't born somebody carved him yeah. well I have a Jerry Reed story about Elvis but uh, I can't tell you over the air oh okay <laughs> and this is Christmas time Ronnie so we yeah. don't want to <laughs> I was doing a show with uh, Jerry Reed and Marie Osmond, and uh, we were in a, a limousine heading over to do the show, and he said, you want to hear my Elvis story? And I said, Jerry, you know I'm Elvis's biggest fan. I'd love to hear it. And he told me, and I was, of course, I'm always, you know, I just eat that stuff up, you know, all the stories that Gordon Stoker told me. Neil Matthews, DJ, of course, and Scotty, and Miss Millie, and uh, knowing those folks for as long as Elvis was alive. And they had stories that you can not imagine, uh, only imagine. And like, you know, Richard Davis, Kim's husband, he and I were really good friends. And, of course, George Flynn told me things that, again, I wish I could tell you, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> well, you put, you put them all in your book, Ronnie. Well, I put a lot of them in there, but, you know, some of them I can't, but, uh, yeah, some things you, you just don't want to talk about. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I have in my hot little hand a wonderful album called Ronnie McDowell, Red, White, and Blue Christmas. Yes. And when did this one come out? Is this a pretty new one? No, that was a few years back. You know, I'm a three-term combat veteran of the Vietnam War, and uh, I wanted to write a, a song for all the veterans for Christmas, and that's what I came up with. And I absolutely, uh, I'm biased against that song because I absolutely love it. Yeah, we love it too. Yeah, it's, it's, it. it was a great it was a great album. We were listening to it on a road trip the other day. Um, and Thank you. I thought it was I thought it was I thought it was wonderful, wonderful. Thank you. You have a few Christmas albums still available. I see the ads on Facebook every now and then. You know, I do. I love Christmas music. So tell me about some of the Christmas memories you have. I mean, I, you're always on the road, and but I know family's really important to you, too. I have a lot of wonderful Christmas memories because I grew up in a family of 11 and we were so poor, but Christmas meant so much to us. And uh, even though we only got one toy 
and then we get a pair of pants or something. But that's the way it was, and you know, we didn't know we were poor. We just thought that's the way it was. And but I never will forget back in the fifties, they had a thing at the uh, consumer's drugstore. They had all these presents in the window that you could win, but you had to get receipts. And whoever got the most receipts would win their uh, choice of toys. I, every day after school, I'd stand outside the door and say, can I have your receipt? <laughs> and, and every they would have a chart, and your name would move up according to how many receipts you had. Well, lo and behold, Christmas Eve, I won uh, the airplane a little model airplane and you know it was kind of like a christmas story if you remember he wanted a red rider bb gun right right and he got it and i got that airplane and that's just one christmas memory and another one i was working at a a filling station when i was 15 we called them filling stations back then service station and um it started snowing, and it was Christmas Eve, and I, I was making three dollars a day, nineteen sixty-five. But that, you know, I, I loved it. And uh, I was walking home in Portland, my little hometown, and over the water tank they had a speaker, and they were playing Elvis's Christmas album all over town, and you could hear it. And I was walking home, and I will never forget that as long as I live. It was snowing, and Elvis was singing silent night i just thought that was the greatest greatest christmas memory that's awesome well and and speaking of of elvis's christmas music along with your christmas album obviously you you uh if ronnie mcdowell is going to do a christmas album you got to have a couple of elvis covers on there now so is there a reason why you partic- you picked the particular ones that you picked were they two of your favorites or or how did you how did you figure out which ones you were going to do well, when I was a kid, uh, uh, to me, uh, Elvis's Christmas album and Bing Crosby's White Christmas was, that was it for me. And uh, I loved all of the songs that he did on his Christmas album. Uh, yeah, I, back in those days, I just loved everything Elvis did. He, You know, in those at that time period, in 54, 55, 56, 57, 58, 59, and especially 1960, when he got out of the army, his voice was so beautiful. If you listen to uh, It's Now or Never, uh, Surrender, and Fame and Fortune, my God. I mean, that guy was on top of his, his game, but he, you know, I think about it now, he was only 25. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I was sitting eating at a uh, Mexican restaurant a while ago with my friend Alan Coker. And I, all of a sudden, it hit me. I said, Alan, you know what I just thought of? He said, What? And I said, I just thought this came to my mind that I got to be Elvis's voice in all those movies, a Twilight Zone episode, uh, commercials, and. It just hit me that Elvis is the biggest that's ever been, and I got to be his voice, and I just now realize that. kind of makes me uh, sentimental, big time. Yeah, understandably Absolutely, true. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You've lived an amazing yeah. life. You're such a humble guy, and you, you, know, you don't really talk about it to everybody, but... Your boys, they both brag on you a lot when I talk to them. <laughs> they do. Oh, well, they, they really do. <laughs> well, thank you. I, have I been blessed or what? 
Well, you know, Ronnie, you absolutely have, and and they say that uh, a man's family is 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 an example of of the type of man that is, and 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 like Krista said, both of your boys are just just have have just wonderful wonderful respect for you and and uh, talk about you in such glowing terms and. You've had just a remarkable career, and you're able to do what you want to do. Now you're at a point where you can. You can do, hey, you know what? I want to write this song, and doggone it, I'm going to do it. (laughs) Yeah, you know, there's no pressure from the record business like it was when I was recording. I just, you know, do the songs I love and write the songs, you know, that I love. I I just wrote, uh, you know, this young kid, Jonathan Lynn, has that... uh, song I wrote for George Klein, uh, You Will Never Leave My Mind About Dementia. And uh, he does so well with that. It's unbelievable. But it's because, you know, that disease just affects so many people. And then I wrote this new song uh, that he recorded, and I didn't know he could sing like that. I actually gave it to Kid Rock. And uh, Jonathan actually sounded like Kid Rock when he sang, I Want My Country Back. Now, I know that sounds political, but it's really not um, if you listen to the song. And he's doing so well with that, he gets a standing ovation with it. And I told him, I said, man, that's your anthem. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I again, you know, I've just been so blessed. You really have. You really have. Well, we, yeah. we appreciate your time, and thank you so much for for so generously talking to us and our listeners at TCB Radio Network and on behalf of Peter and I and all of our listeners around the world, we hope you have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, Ronnie. Absolutely. Well, I hope you two fine folks have the best Christmas ever, and I'm going to. I'm just going to spend it. Well, you know, I'm working up to Christmas. I'm wearing the road out, but that's okay. I'm (laughs) having a good time, and I still feel like an 18-year-old. Well, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Just keeping you young, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I got on a fast-moving train 42 years ago, and if I got off of it, I'll die. If I get off, I'll die. So right. <laughs> I don't want to get off of it. Well, we can't wait to see you in April. I, I know you have a date in Florida in April, so we're planning on seeing you then, and um, also in September in, in Tampa. Hoping to see you then as well. Yep. Okay, well, listen, you two fine folks have a wonderful Merry Christmas and everybody out there as well. You too, sir. Thank you so much, Thank you, Ronnie. Thank you all. Bye-bye. Bye. Sleigh bells ring, are you listening? In the lane, snow is listening. A beautiful sight, we have it at night. the stepbrother of Elvis Presley, Mr. Billy Stanley, to share his Christmas memories and thoughts of Elvis. Billy, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. It's our pleasure. So I know you have a lot to share. I'm just going to let you run with it. Well, what I'm going to do, and I mean, all Chris, all the Christmases were kind of the same, but let's do this. Let me just describe a Christmas and what it was like. That sounds fantastic. Okay, now, before we get into that, let's kind of get into this. This is always, I always laugh every time I tell this story. 
uh, it was usually about a week before every Christmas we'd put the tree up. And then with the whole family would get there and, and friends and we'd all sit there and we'd be putting lights and stuff like that and just kind of kicking back, you know, having fun doing that. But, you know, that little silver tinsel, you know, that little strand. Yeah, that's illegal now. You can't use it. We used that all the time, too, when I was a kid. Yeah. Well, we put it on there. But see, Priscilla always, she would take like one or two at a time and dangle it, you know, put it in there. Elvis just take a handful and throw it up in the air and let it fall on the tree. <laughs> right. And, you know, she said, you can't do that. He said, no, that you're doing it wrong. He said, you got to just throw it on there and make it, you know, <laughs> make it look natural. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed every year at that. Because I mean, every year it was the same thing. That's I mean, funny. you know. So, but a typical Christmas. We uh, we always celebrate it on Christmas Eve. So we'd all, I mean, family and friends would uh, would all gather around Graceland somewhere around 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I mean, as soon as you walked in that house, the first thing you smelled was turkey and all this food. And it was like, oh, wow. And then you people go put the presents under the tree. And then there would sometimes be an accordion player just kind of walking around playing Christmas music. And, you know, there'd be all kind of hors d'oeuvres and stuff like that, drinks for people and, you know, everything. And everybody would just be sitting around talking. Then Elvis would come down. We'd sit around. At, we would talk for a little bit while he was there. And, you know, he would kind of be, you know, telling that how much he really loved and appreciated everybody right around Christmas time. Right. So then we'd sit down and eat dinner. And after dinner is when we, uh, that's when we started opening presents. Now, the way we did it was Elvis always loved to hand out his presents to everybody first so he could watch you open your present. And so that's what he, that was the, that, that was the process. And then he would be the last one to open his presents, you know, and, you know, then we'd, after, after that, we might sing a couple of Christmas carols and then, uh, the rest of the night just kind of sit around and laugh and cut up and look at our presents and, you know, share it. I mean, look at everybody, you know. Everybody's presence, and then that was it. Now, Billy, let me let me ask you because one of the kind of, one of the things that kind of crosses crosses your mind is, okay, what do you get Elvis Presley for Christmas? <laughs> exactly. Well, it was kind of easy for my brothers and I because I mean, or anybody really that knew him because he loved to read, so you could get him a book about you know the Kennedy assassination. Or he loved eagles or tigers and lions and stuff like that. So you could get him a ceramic lion or a tiger. Like okay. the one that's, you'll see a tiger down in the basement where the three TVs are. Yeah, yeah. I gave him that for Christmas one year. Oh, neat. Okay. Yeah. So he liked it. And, you know, I mean, because, well, he was the tiger man. So that's why right. I wanted for him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. I mean, it, was, it meant to be funny, but yeah, he he didn't really. He thought it was kind of funny, but then he said, "No, I like that. No, I'm, we're going to keep that because it used to be upstairs where the TV room was. You know, everybody calls it the jungle room, but that's it was actually that's where we watched TV. It was up there, right? So he had it there for a long time. You know, ever since I gave it to him. Okay. So was Elvis a real tree guy or an artificial tree guy? We got a real tree every year. Now, this thing, it, 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 I've never seen a stand like it. I mean, I have in kind of in a way because it rotates real slow, but it also plays Christmas music while it's turning slowly. Oh, wow. Yeah. We, tr- 
tried an aluminum tree one year, you know, back in the sixties and it was like, nah, we're not doing that again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the thing I always loved is the Christmas lights around, I mean, outside Graceland. He got that idea from the airport. You know, you see the blue lights lining the driveway. He, that's where he got that idea from. Oh, okay. Yeah, he saw it and went, ooh, that would look nice during Christmas there at Graceland. So that's when we, now, when I got older and was working for him and I was working at Graceland instead of on tour, I had to put those lights up. Now, you talk about something. You got to look and see which one's not lit. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> one goes out, they all go out. It's <laughs> exactly. You know, it's like, oh, man, which one was it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what, Elvis? But these he always li- loved the, the nativity scene. He would always, because it was life-size. And he would go up there, and there was a couple of pictures of him and Priscilla, but he would always go stand around it because, you know, he would just say, imagine, Billy, what Christmas is all about, this right here, yeah. this manger right here, you know, Jesus being born, this is what it's all about. I said, amen. And I, he just, that whole spirit, he was the only man I know in my life that I ever met that tried to make every day like Christmas. Yeah. You know, he was unbelievable. Yeah. The nicest, you know, now I'm starting to get a little choked up. The nicest, most kindest human being you'd ever want to meet in your life. Yeah, and and you know, it, it that's a recurring theme. Everybody, even if they only met him one time, is just was just always so impressed with his that you know that it seemed like when when he met you or he was with you, he was with you. And exactly. He was more concerned about you than than what you was concerned about him. Yeah. Because I always saw him when he would get in a conversation with just a fan. At the end of that conversation, you know, if that guy was, I mean, there was one guy, we, he, he was sending autographs down at the gate. And a fan, he said, you know, the guy said, Elvis said something to him. And then he said, Elvis said, well, what do you do, sir? He said, well, I'm a plumber. And he made that guy sound like the whole world goes around plumbers. Right. At the end of that conversation, that guy felt good about his job. And he, people should feel good about their jobs. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's what Elvis was all about, is making people feel good. I mean, yeah. look well, look what he did with his music. That did, that makes everybody feel good. Yeah. Even these movies, and even though people say they were silly and stupid, they're fun. I loved them. They, they <laughs> are else? fun. They, they're, they're, they're fun to watch. You don't have to worry about any language in it. No, uh, I mean every, the whole family can watch. So I want to. So I want to ask you about about the time that uh, you started putting the blue lights up, and, and I'm, I'm I'm sure you you were kind of like you know Elvis. Uh, these lights aren't as fun as they used to be. Were you? Uh, <laughs> were, I never said that to him. <laughs> were you? Uh, were you still? Were you still in charge of mowing the lawn with that lawnmower that Vernon gave you, or uh, was that not part of your job anymore? No, no, no. I, when I when I started mowing the yard at Graceland and doing that, I graduated to that big case tractor you see there, you know, at Graceland. Oh, okay. So okay. I, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was driving that thing when I was sixteen years old. Just you know, that, that was my job. Nice. I mean, because how it all came about is. It was pretty much right before Thanksgiving. I went to Elvis, and I said, you know, he said, what's wrong, Billy? I said, well, I asked Daddy for an allowance one time, I mean, the other day. He just busted out late. He said, I know what he said. I said, what? He said, no, here's a mower or something. You go go to work. I said, yeah. He said, let me go talk to Daddy. So we walked in there. He said, Daddy put him on, Billy and uh, Ricky and David on the payroll. And Elvis said, 
Vernon said, for what? He said, I want him to wash my cars. So that was at 16 years old. That's when I first started working for Elvis in 1969. And that was my job was washing his cars. Wow. And, you know, I mean, you know, because he understood this whole allowance thing. You know, I was like, no, not with daddy. That don't work. <laughs> yeah, but I remember you telling us that your allowance was a little more than most people's allowance was. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, that's that was Elvis's idea. You know, it wasn't mine. You know, I was surprised. You know, but I mean, that, that worked for me too. You know, okay, Elvis. But you know, that's the way Elvis was. Everything was to the extreme. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's. I mean, he lived life to the fullest. I mean, yeah. you know, he, he. You know, he'd often say, "Hey, you only go around once. You better enjoy it while you're here." Yeah. So. Well, let's go. Let's go round it back to Christmas. I have one last question. Um, sure. Do you have? of the many Christmases that you got to spend with him, a favorite present or memory of, of him and you during Christmas. Christ- it could Christmas have been any, Eve. any Christmases. That's what's different about sure. you than most of our guests, Billy, I think is you were actually with him on Christmas days and Christmas Eves. Nobody else can right. really say that. Yeah. Well, here's, here's my favorite one. I mean, this, this shows you what Elvis is all about. This story right here. It's about a week before Christmas, and we're sitting around. And one thing Elvis didn't like to do was watch the news, but for some some reason it was on, and it was it was the local news here in Memphis, and it talked about this lady and her three children surviving a fire because the, when their house burned down, Elvis immediately, Sonny West was sitting there and said, told Sonny he said, research, call them right now, find out who this lady is and what they need. So Sonny, he gets, Sonny comes back and says, well, yeah, they lost everything. Elvis said, get an apartment, furnish it, give them clothes, give them toys, uh, fill the refrigerator, and we're paying six months rent. Wow. He does that. He said, he said uh, Elvis instructed Sonny that when we got all, all of it together, he said, now go pick her up and take her over there. He said, well, boss, what am I supposed to say if she asked who did it? And he said, you just tell her Santa Claus. Wow. That's awesome. What a tremendous story. That's a great story. (laughs) Buddy, you talk about touching your heart. Yeah. He didn't want no credit for that. No. Santa Claus did this. Wow. (laughs) Amazing. What an amazing man. He's so great. Yeah. I grew up with this guy. Yeah. 17 years with this man. And, you know, I, I, I consider myself one of the luckiest people in the whole world to have somebody like that as a brother. As an influence on my life, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, our, our time's almost up, but we are going to get back in touch with you again real soon. Um, definitely in 2020, we want to have you on for a full episode so you can talk about all of your memories. We'd be honored to have you. And thank yeah, you so much. Yeah, talk a little much. bit about the movie. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, we're going to promote the movie for sure. All these, all these stories, these positive stories and stuff that you hear from me, this is what this movie is about. This Look, movie, I want my it's my mission statement to give the Elvis fans back their hero. Oh, it's so and wonderful. That's what I'm gonna do. All right, well, you guys have a happy Thanksgiving. You too. And don't eat too much. Yes, sir. You too. Thanks, Billy. Talk to all you right. soon. All right, you guys have a great day. You okay. too. Okay. Bye. I certainly hope that you all enjoyed our extra special jam-packed show for Christmas. We're going to be signing off during the holiday season, and we will be back with an all-new season, season three of TCB Radio. 
We've got a lot more things in store, some new interviews and some things lined up. So we want to make sure you all have a wonderful holiday season. We will see you next year for season three. And once again, Merry Christmas to everyone. Happy Hanukkah. Enjoy your holidays, everyone. Why can't that feeling go on endlessly? Just like Christmas, what a wonderful world this would be. Thanks for listening to our show today. Don't forget to subscribe to TCB Radio Network on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast platform. By subscribing, you'll get a notification as soon as our latest episode drops. While you're at it, please rate us with a five-star review. This will help other Elvis fans find our show. Also, this just in, you can now subscribe to our podcast episodes on YouTube. We also have a YouTube channel that includes archived episodes of our Facebook Live broadcasts and more. You can find links to this and so much more at tcbradionetwork.com. TCB Radio Network is strictly a fan publication, not affiliated in any way with Elvis Presley Enterprises or any of its affiliates or subsidiaries. Please visit us online at tcbradionetwork.com. All trademarks, product names, company names, and logos mentioned are the properties of their respective owners. All opinions stated within do not necessarily reflect the opinions of anyone else, and certainly not Elvis Presley Enterprises. Still the King, our theme song for TCB Radio Network podcast, was written by Shane Douglas, produced by Terry Fullwider at Blue Spot Studios, and performed by Peter Alden and his band, Crown Electric Company, featuring David Fontana, son of Elvis Presley's original drummer, DJ Fontana, on drums. Elvis Presley is still the king. Well, he's still the king. That's all right. Man, he sure could sing. That's all right. Still the king. worked hard for what you have your money your assets your 401k and home isn't it all worth protecting nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft lifelock ultimate plus helps protect your finances with up to three million dollars in reimbursement lifelock alerts you to identity threats you might miss and if your identity is stolen your dedicated u.s-based restoration specialist will work to fix it let lifelock help protect what you've worked so hard for save 25 percent off your first year on lifelock ultimate plus at lifelock.com aware terms apply